Welcome to today's message from Reach Community Church. We hope this message encourages and blesses you as we dive into God's Word. And now, for today's message. My name is Heath. I'm the lead pastor here at uh, Reach. And uh, today, we're continuing along in our series that we started um, three weeks ago. Um, this is called Follow the Art of Discipleship, and this is, I tell you what, Greg and um, Deacon, honestly, if you're getting a little, you know, excited about like, man, I, I need more help in, in working on my discipleship and, and becoming more like Christ, and, you know, with that, because we're going to talk about this next week, is, you know, the, the big thing that disciples do is they make other disciples, so if this series is kind of stirring something in you, there you go. There's the uh, group you need to be in. Um, the last two weeks, uh, we talked about what it means to follow Jesus, because that's the clue. We, you know, and I said this, I think, every week. Um, Jesus did not uh, make his entrance into the world, live a sinless life, go to the cross to die for your sins so that you can identify as a Christian. He did that so that you could follow him. And in following him, um, your life would be transformed and your world would be transformed. So week one, we just talked about the reality that when Jesus came onto the scene, the first thing that he did is he asked people to follow him. He started it at the end of his ministry. He gave them a mandate and he said, you know, go for it and make disciples. Um, this is what he did. From the beginning, last week we talked about this reality, and I think sometimes we as church people forget um, that not only attending and not only, you know, saying, hey, I love Jesus, but our life um, should produce fruit that shows what God is doing in us. And like, just for the record, this is not the church that we expect that you're going to be perfect, okay? If you hang out long enough, you'll realize hearing me talk that I'm not perfect and no one in here is going to get to the the level that you're just like arrived and you just float around like, look how good I am. Um, that's not us, but our life should be producing fruit that people see Jesus in us. And sometimes they get to see Jesus in us when we blow it and then repent for that. So I kind of blew it when I <laughs> said, hey, yeah, raising kids when they're older, it's tough. And I'm sitting beside my son who loves it when I point him out. So he is super easy. Love my son. Um, and I'm not saying that as a joke. Good, 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 good kid. Love this guy. So I've just made it worse. <laughs> Sorry. Um, so today we're going to look at another way that people who follow Jesus, another thing that they you should see in them. And it, Jesus says it the best in uh, John 13. It says, by this, all people will know that you are my disciples. If you have love for one another. So today may hurt a little bit. It's just going to. Because we're going to talk about loving people that are difficult Amen. People, I'm telling you, church would be amazing. Marriages would be amazing if there were no other people involved. 
But there is. And so with that, we need to learn to love because this is we're I'm going to make it as clear as I can through all the texts that we're going to cover today um, that this is not a like gentle suggestion. This is a requirement. And I'm going to say this from the beginning. This does not mean that we just tolerate abuse and that we just let people run all over us. But we love people That's how we are identified. That's how people, when they see Christians, they should look at us and go, man, they're a disciple of Jesus because they love people. Let's pray. Dimly Father, um, Lord, I don't want condemnation to come out of this message and people feeling like, oh, man, I don't love enough. So, Lord, we, we need your grace. Lord, I just acknowledge that there is no way on heaven or on earth that we can love people without receiving your love first and living in that love every day. So, Lord, I pray that as we decide to follow, as we decide to Abide in you, Lord. Would you change our hearts today? Would you fill us with a conviction and a desire to love people the way you love them? And Lord, I pray that you would give us grace through the middle of that journey. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, We cannot love like Jesus loves without first receiving his love for us. So the, the worst thing that you can tell anybody is to do something that they haven't received. So like if I tell you to tomorrow, hey, you're going to go with me and you're going to be interpreter for this Russian person that's coming to meet with me. And I don't speak Russian and you don't, but I'm expecting you to interpret. I mean, that's kind of like it is. They, they have a skill. They don't have the skill that you desire for them. And that's the same for us is we cannot love people the way Christ has called us to without first receiving it from God. So first, John, which I want to say, if you want to you know, if you want to struggle a lot about loving people, read first, John. The whole, I mean, I'm quoting it several times, but first John does not play around um, with how we should love people. And he is writing it uh, a letter to a people that are struggling with people that are like, hey, Jesus isn't really the king. He's not the one. And he's struggling with all of that. And through this, like, how do we love? So first John four, seven, it says, beloved. Let us love one another for love is from God. We cannot love. We cannot love correctly without understanding and having relationship with God. And whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. So we love, we have been born of God and we know God. And we're skipping down to verse 19, and you'll hear this again. I'm going to say this one twice. This is verse 19 in chapter 4. It says, we love because he first loved us. If one if someone says I love God yet hates his brother he is a liar for he who does not love his brother whom he has seen cannot love God whom he has not seen and this command we have from him whoever loves God must also love his brother period we cannot Like if you leave today, right now, and you're like, okay, yes, I'm going to go out there. I'm going to love people. I'm going to do this. And you try to do it on your own strength, 
skill and ability, you're going to fall flat on your face. It's just like we talked about last week. You cannot leave the church and go, I'm going to produce fruit. Apples. Um, we, we produce the fruit of the Spirit by living in a relationship with God. And he changes us. And out of that relationship, we produce fruit. We looked at that in John 15. You know, unless we abide in him, we can bear no fruit, period. It's hard for us to love people unless we have come face to face with the love of God. A lot of our change will uh, will be us coming to the realization of how much God loves us. I think sometimes, not everybody, but I think some of us in this room feel like, well, I'm not that bad. So God didn't really have to do too much for me, you know, because I've lived a fine, upstanding life. I've gone to church my entire life. I've gone to Sunday school. You know, I've read the Bible. I do these things. And we put out all these things, just like the Pharisees, how great we are, where we need to come to the terms with our own reality that out, me included, no one in this room <laughs> deserved what Jesus did for us. No one. There isn't like, oh, I'm, I'm kind of good enough and we just needed half of Jesus' sacrifice. Every single one of us needed all of that sacrifice. And all of that meant personally that he loved us enough for that to happen for us. And can you imagine just for a second him going to the cross, him being aware 2,022 years later that you would be here in this moment. <laughs> He knows all the things. I love the section that we're going to cover. Also in 1 John, a little bit deeper here in a second. He knows all the things that are going on, and he knows exactly what we need. And he willingly went to the cross for us individually. I think sometimes we're like, yes, Jesus went to the cross and died for the sins of man. But we, we fail to realize that he did this specifically for me also. We cannot produce it. Okay, so another thing that you need to know here is this is not a request. Uh, this is a command. Listen to this in John 13, verse 34 and 35. A new commandment that I give to you, that you love one another just as I have loved you. You are also to love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. This is a command. And, I, and for those that feel like, man, I'm loving people well, listen to this. Just as I have loved you. No one's hitting the level that Jesus hit in his love for us or for you. No one in here. And this is what he's called us to. See, our model isn't that isn't who knows the most, who's read the most of the Bible, who's the most charismatic. It's who loves others the way he loves us. See, that's what we, we are talking about this whole message today. We're supposed to follow a model that Jesus gave us in the way that we love other people. I'm going to read 1 John four nineteen through 21 again. For we love because he first loved us. If anyone says, I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar. For he does not love, he who does not love his brother whom he 
has seen cannot love God whom he has not seen. And this commandment we have from him, whoever loves God must also love his brother. Period. So we're going to jump in to 1 John 3, 11 through 24. And this is where we're going to kind of rest until our conclusion. I've got a few more verses for you. Start in verse 11. For this is the message that you have heard from the beginning, that you should love one another. This isn't something new. You know, from the beginning of time. And he's getting ready to go all the way from to Cain and Abel to illustrate his point. So it wasn't like Jesus came on the scene and now there is love, this command. This is from the beginning. Verse 12 says, we should not be like Cain. Who was, e- who was the evil one and murdered his brother? And why did he murder him? Because his own deeds were evil and his brothers were righteous. For those reading the one-year Bible, we, we've gone through that already. But Cain and Abel, uh, first, I'm t- <laughs> okay, Russell, you're welcome for this. From the beginning, it's been difficult to have kids. I mean, the first kids ever born, one of them killed the other. From the beginning. It wasn't like, man, my kids are blah, blah, blah. From the beginning, life is difficult. From the beginning, one brother looks at another brother and goes, mm, I don't like him. This one just killed him. And what's crazy in that whole encounter is God comes back and talks to Cain. Oh, I, I hear, hear brother's blood crying out from the ground. Oh, what are you talking about? And he's like, and God has this conversation with Cain, is trying to restore him, is trying to be like, if you would have just done what is right, this wouldn't have happened. From the beginning. Verse 13, it says, Do not be surprised, brothers, that the world hates you. We know that we have passed out of death and into life, but because we love the brothers. Whoever does not love abides in death. So if we decide we're just not going to love people, this is what we're choosing to live in. 15, it says, everyone who hates his brother is a murderer. And you know that no one, no, no murderer has enter, has eternal life abiding in him. Do not commit adultery. Look, for, Jesus did not commit a murder. Jesus has this conversation where he elevates adultery and murder because we're like, yeah, I've never murdered anyone. And he's like, well, if you have hate in your heart, actually in Matthew 5, 22, it says, but I say to you that everyone who is angry with his brother will be held liable of judgment. This is, this is just what's going on in here. So for those that feel like, man, you're doing good because you've not mouthed anything lately or you've not posted anything negative on um, social media because you're like basting that stuff. You're like, ha, ah, free at last. Um, you know, it, it just our thoughts inside of us betray us. So we, we may be a very loving external. Let me, let me just say this. This is for free. Some of us love well through a perspective, through what people see, because we're afraid of what they'll think about us if we don't. It's not that we love. It's that we want them to think well of us, so we'll do kind things and other things for people, wanting not necessarily to show them love, but we don't want them to think we're mean or 
nasty. So some of us may be loving all for the wrong reasons. Verse 16. It says, by this we know love. He's going to show us exactly what love looks like. That he laid down his life for us. And we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers. John 3.16, one of the most quoted Bible verses, it says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. The way, G, the way God throw, showed love through Jesus was his sacrifice. And just to be honest, um, some of us, our love for people close to us means saying no to our selfish needs and desires. Verse 17. It says, but if anyone who has the world's good and goods and sees his brother in need, yet closes his heart against him, how does God's love abide in him? Little children, let us not love with words or talk, but deeds and truth. Let me, let me just say this also. Some of us are real good with loving people with words in the sense like, you know, go well and we, we say nice things and we tell them. But we have to do it with our deeds, with our actions. Imagine it this way, married, if you're married, in the room. Uh, the word I love you, the phrase I love you, loses its meaning over time. Not that the words lose their meaning, but the, the, the words coming out of your mouth, I love you, at a certain point, they become just words Unless they're followed up by action. So if I tell my wife that I love her every day, but my actions never communicate that love in a deed, those words have no value because they're just words. So same here. We cannot just say, well, man, I'm loving people well with my words when we don't follow through with that action. Remember, Jesus told us, if we're going to follow after him, we have to pick up our cross, which means our death, and follow him. This was never meant to be easy. Following Jesus was never, I think sometimes here in the South, we're like, you know, raise your hand and say a prayer and you got a ticket to heaven and then do nothing else. This is not what Reach Community Church is about. Um, we're here to say God is, is looking for disciples and followers and where life comes from is this relationship with him. Where we learn to do these things is through action. My uh, Jody's outside so I can talk. <laughs> She's helping with uh, kids check in, though she might be listening on the speaker, so I've got to be careful. Um, February 28th of this year uh, will be 25 years of marriage, um, a quarter of a century. Um, and I will say, like child-rearing, marriage is hard. Not because um, Jody's hard. I, I, honestly, if God would have connected me to any other person, it would have been a horrible train wreck. I have the <laughs> the most amazing wife that has put up for 25. Really, the treasure and the praise should go to her <laughs> and not me. But it, it takes work and effort and energy. And the, and the thing that we're going to do, and this is what we've been talking about, this idea of following Jesus, to follow Jesus, we have to spend time with him 
We have to connect with him. And same thing with our wife. If, if I want to get to a place where I can naturally just love Jody, I have to spend time with her. I have to use not only words, but I have to use my actions. I have to make sure that um, our house reflects my love for her. In the sense of there's things that are going on in our house that are also my responsibility that I'm going to do. My wife is not a big fan of dishes in the sink, and we have kids that live in our house. And, you know, um, you know, there's a dishwasher like three feet um, from the thing. So if I walk by, not always, not always, but I try to make sure that I'm putting those in there. And not because, and this is the danger with me, and I said this earlier, um, which sometimes we do things for praise. Part of my love language is words of affirmation, <laughs> which is dangerous for Jody, uh, because I will do these things and I'll be like, hey, do you see the sink? Hey, um, do you see, do you say, do you see me take out the trash the other day? I mean, I, I don't, I, it's a terrible balance for me of wanting, I sincerely desire to love my wife through doing these things, but sometimes I'm like, you saw it right. It's the struggle, struggle we live in, struggle I live in. Listen to this, and this is this is an interesting little section right here. And did some uh, um, research on this to try to get as much of the truth out of it. In verse nineteen, it says, "By this we shall know that we are of the truth, and reassure our hearts before Him of this." Like. If we learn to live in this place loving others, we can, um, we can show and reassure ourselves in this. But listen to this in verse 20. For whenever our hearts condemn us, God is greater than our hearts. And he knows everything. Let me, let me just tell you, this, this is the best piece of this verse. Because you could read all the things and go, man, I don't love people well. I don't know if I'm seen like this. And you could be beating yourself up and not do anything. This verse, verse 20, Jesus is greater, hear this, than your feelings or the condemnation that comes on you. See, the most dangerous thing that we can exist in our hearts is that our hearts condemn us of our act. Because some of you are hearing this and be like, man, I'm not doing too good. And that conviction can move you into a place where you do nothing because you beat yourself up. Like, I'm a, I'm worthless. I, I can never overcome this. I've been like this for decades, and I'm not going to change. I love verse 20. It says, because whenever our hearts condemn us, God is greater than that. Let me just tell you, God is greater than your yesterday. God is greater than your failure. And all he's looking for you to do is to acknowledge it, confess it, and move out of it. A saint is just a sinner who gets back up. So I encourage you, as we talk about this, to remember this reality that God is fully aware, and he knows everything. He even knows the things that you don't even want to remember. You're like, oh. You you're have those little memories that pop back in, and you're like, oh, yeah. Oh. Uh, verse 21. It says, Beloved, if our hearts do not condemn us, we have confidence before God, and whatever we ask, we'll receive from him. Because we keep his commands and do what he please, do what pleases him. And this is 
his command that we believe in the name of the Son of Jesus Christ and love one another. Just as he has commanded us, whoever keeps his commandments abides in his love. And by this, we know that he abides in us by the spirit whom he has given us. This is one of the ways that we can see that God is working in us. If you're questioning, we talked about this last week. If you're wondering, like, how am I doing in this discipleship thing with the father? We can look at our fruit. If you weren't here, you can check that out. We can look at our fruit. Like, is it, what are people seeing in our lives? Another way that we can go, how am I doing here, is you can go, how well do I love those around me? And the reason why we read these things isn't to condemn us, to um, put us in this place that we feel like garbage. We, we get this to say, God, I want this. Like, every single one of us has a desire to love people well. What gets in the way, and James talks about this, is our selfish desire. What wars inside of us is the desire for me. And the thing that will kill your ability to love people effectively is you. That's one of the things in First John that he talks about a lot, is that one of our biggest things is the idol of us. And sin that's just creeping at the door. See, remember, I'm not asking you to leave here and try harder. I'm saying, surrender to Jesus daily and learn how to follow. And in following him, we get to know him, we learn to hear his voice, and we'll learn to walk in obedience. Like everything else, it's a difficult journey. It doesn't come, I don't think, natural. What comes natural is kind of like Cain. We're picking up that rock and just smashing somebody's head. Loving people, I think, well, let me say it this way. Loving people well is a learned experience through God. John 15, verse 8 through 14. It says, by this... By this, my father is glorified, that you bear much fruit and prove to be my disciples. As the father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commands, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept the father's commands and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no, uh, <clears throat> greater love has no one than this, that someone would lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. By this, people will know that you're my disciple. So here's my question. I phrased one last week when we were talking about fruit. What are people around you seeing? And I, I'm, I'm just going gonna, gonna to take it off the table. You cannot say, well, my personality is blah, blah, blah. 
It's like one of those things that like, well, I, you know, God hasn't called me to bear the fruit of kindness. He has. He has. God hasn't bear, he hasn't given me the gift of patience, but he can. If you connect, that's, that's, that's a guarantee. Like if you abide, you'll get that. And some of us in the room, depending on our age, we're like, man, I've just been like this and I can't stop being crabby or whatever you say. And, and whatever excuses we make to our significant others are the ones closest to us when we lose our minds. And let me just tell you the truth. You cannot. But Jesus can. And when we learn to live and abide in him, he'll change us. And it is not. So look, at the end of this, we every Sunday we have people in the back for prayer. And there's a little sign back there and a little light. So you can, you know, like a moth, you can go right towards the light in the back. This is the reality there's things going on in us. And, and if you go back there and, and they lay the best prayer on you ever, which they're pretty awesome. You should go back there. It's still going to take the abiding. See, I think sometimes we want the pill of prayer. We want the pill of confession. We want the pill of like repentance and think that it automatically changes us. It doesn't. It, 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 ta- it, it gives us the grace to learn to abide. And in our abiding, living with the Holy Spirit, remember the same power that raised Jesus from the dead lives inside of us. That same power can help you be what God has designed you to be, which is a loving person. So I'm going to invite our worship team back up. I've got a couple more questions for you. They sound very similar, but I, I just want to, you know, pose them here. Um, one, where are you struggling to love people? It could be a place, it could be work. Maybe work is just that place. And I, I do want to say, um, here at Reach, we, we believe in a sovereign God partly because that's what the Bible says. Um, and here's the crazy thing. If you're at that work and you're just like, mm, the devil owns it. Uh, well, God put you there. God placed you there. God put you in the family that you're in right now. Even if you don't like it, God designed um, you. Like Acts 17 literally says all, he knows all the places that you're going to live. So maybe your neighbor is that person that you're just like, Mm-mm. God has put me next to that person and I'm, I'm going to pray his demise. <laughs> I'm going to pray him. Mm. Um, I, I would tell you that God put you in that house. For a purpose. God put you on that property. God put you in that job. God put you in that relationship. And again, hear me. I'm not saying settle for abuse and other things. So I think sometimes we talk about this. Oh, I've just got to take it all. That's not what I'm talking about. What I am talking about is that God can give you grace to love people like he loved us. Because you know what? When he went to the cross or that moment before we said, I do to Jesus... We didn't deserve it. And the people that you're going to love, and you're saying they don't deserve it, this is why you have to understand the relationship that we have and the love that we receive from God. Because if we can understand his love for us, then we can look at somebody that we don't have strong love for and go, God, I can love you. I can love them because you love me. And realize it is a work in progress. But the truth is, and I want, to hear, I want you to hear this, church. 
Jesus himself said, by this, they will know that you're my disciples. By this, the world will know that you are mine. If the world isn't seeing that, that doesn't mean that you're not his disciple. That may mean that you need to um, have some come to Jesus time and work on things. But that may mean that you don't. I believe that um, God's the one that calls us into his kingdom. I believe that once we're in his hands, uh, nothing can take us out of there. But we have to make sure that we're in his hands. Are you trusting and believing in a God who is sovereign enough to get you through whatever you're going through? And I, I'm just telling you, uh, if, if you're not going through something right now, you probably will. I mean, I'm... Chris Vernon is probably one of my closest friends. And his 24-year-old daughter, like I've been having conversations with him through this, and I, I can't even think about it. And I'm thinking, God, like, what are you doing? Why are you doing this? And let me just tell you, whatever you're going through, someone's going through something well worse. And he is, in my opinion, and this is two weeks in, champion. Allie, um, faith is just like rock solid. And pray that that continues because there's so many things that are up in the air. So many things, but let me, I just, I, and I don't say this um, to, to elicit emotional response, but I say this to say, wherever God has you, he wants more of you. In having more of you, you'll produce more fruit. In having more of you, you will love people and they will see Jesus in you. So I still encourage you, if you haven't started one, we have one more week left in our 21 days of prayer and fasting. Um, pick a reading plan, be in your word. You cannot be, you cannot abide in the Father without his word, period. And, and it is not enough, and I say this a lot, it is not enough for what you get. We've read a lot of word today, and we're Bible-based church. I'm going to preach out of the word, but it is not enough for you to just come here on Sundays. You have to be in the word prayer uh, i encourage you have a prayer list if you've got a prayer list going add the property remember what i said we we want we want we want it's not that i don't want to build but we want it um so you can be praying for that you can pray for ali uh if you're a prayer warrior we have a, a prayer team um you can either be praying in the back of our services or we have people that pray over all the prayer cards that you turn in so if you write something on a prayer card um it gets prayed over and I encourage you, take time, write something down if you've got it going. You can leave it anonymous. You don't have to put your name on there, but we will be praying for it. And then I encourage this. Invite somebody in. Tell somebody, hey, this is what I want. This is what I'm reading. This is what I want to do. Can you just ask me how it's going? Because what will change our lives is our connection to the Father. And he wants you. And he, he wants you to have joy in abundance. And that doesn't mean joy um, without any troubles or tribulations. He means he wants to give you joy in spite of all the things that we will go through living here on this planet. So church, I want us to be the most loving people. Not perfect, 
But the most loving people, and the only way that's going to happen is if we decide that we're going to be connected to the Father, because in that connection, we learn to love. So what I'm going to do, we're going to uh, close in a song. We'll have prayer at the back if you'd like prayer. Uh, But I just want to pray for us. For those in this room going, nope, yep, not not doing good. Maybe this is two weeks in a row. You're like, man, fruit, loving people. Um, Maybe today is the day that you just say, God, I'm tired of trying to do it without you. And I need you. And that can mean for the thousandth time that you're saying that to him, or it can be for the first time. Let's pray. Father, you know what's going on in our hearts. You know what we're wrestling with. You know the people that have come into our mind that we're like, "Mm, they are so hard to love. Lord, us being your children, we have no other choice than to love like you do. But we cannot love like you do without you. So, Lord, as we close this song, Lord, I pray that we'd all have a moment where we just cry out. And we acknowledge our brokenness. We we acknowledge the doubt and the conflict that's going in our heart that you're fully aware of. And Lord, we acknowledge that you are greater than our fears. You're greater than our condemnation. And you came to give us life. And in our life with you, you're going to transform our families and our cities. So, Lord, today, I just ask that you would start with us individually. Not that we just pray that we would be a more loving church, but, Lord, I pray that we'd be a church filled with people who love people. And that won't happen without you. So, Lord, I just pray that this morning the theme would be surrender. Lord, we would repent of those ways that we are not loving well, and we invite you into them. Thank you. Thank you for your grace uh, to move forward. And I I just pray right now uh, that you would give us the grace to desire to love your people, to love this world. Lord, let us connect to you, see your example over and over again of how far you'll go to show your love for the lost. Thank you for your grace and your mercy. Thank you for right now being willing to lift us up at the right hand of your Father. Thank you for the gift of the Holy Spirit that you give to us, your children, to live inside of us, to empower us to be what you have designed us to be. So Lord, we surrender to you. We say we love you. Pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to today's message. For more information, be sure to visit us online at reachcommunitychurch.com.